Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, it's Strictly Mick and Tony, plus one. John Marshall joins us as we take a look at what's gone wrong at Notts County. It's hard to believe that Newark Flow Server only four promotions below his mighty magpies. You didn't know that one, did you, Evie? Yeah, yeah, you'd work that one out, had you? We take our look at the big stories of the week. We play Tesh Tony. Oh. We have a sports thoughts. And uh, we look at what's happening this weekend. Now we've finally said goodbye to football and rugby. This is the renowned, and I've got no doubt controversial, <laughs> Radio New York Sport. Lucas Moura scored a dramatic 96-minute winner to cap an astonishing Tottenham comeback against Ajax and set up an All-English Champions League final against Liverpool. So, has that comeback gazumped the Scouse's effort on Tuesday night? I'm sure our guests will have an answer on that one. And has skill for football come second? To hit the ball forward as far as you can and hope for the best. Bolton Wanderers are set to go into administration after the club appeared in the High Court over a £1.2 million unpaid tax bill. The case was adjourned until May the 22nd to allow the club enough time to appoint an administrator. Administration, of course, would result in Wanderers having a 12-point penalty imposed for next season. Plus the fact that they didn't manage to forfeit all the fixtures this season, so they shouldn't be allowed to play next season. Neil Warnock will keep managing next time round, but he's unsure on his Cardiff future following Premiership relegation. Warnockers have been in management for 40 years and the 17-year-old says that this season has been his toughest yet. And after a one-all draw against a side that had collected only four points in 2019, how much longer can Manchester United be considered to be a huge club? Since Sir Alex Ferguson left them, they finished 7th, 4th, 5th, 6th and 2nd. And now, it's going to be 5th or 6th. And no Champions League. Once it gets to 10 years since the title, does it become a hard slide to reverse? And can you see him winning in the next couple of years? Oh, I'll leave that one to the boys to answer. Belfast City Marathon organiser have apologised for admitting that Sunday's course was 0.3 miles longer than it should have been. Belfast Marathon chairman David Seaton blamed human error, saying that the lead car got diverted off the route. Approximately 460 additional metres were added to the officially measured course of 26.2 miles. He said it was down to human error, with the lead car diverting from the official route. What chance do you stand? Okay, lots to talk about with our guests tonight. So, uh, welcome um, back to Radio Nutsport, John Marshall. And, John, um, we're going to talk Notts County in a few minutes. But on Thursday, we do tend to sort of look back at the big stories um, of the week. And uh, there's no bigger stories than two magnificent football matches. Um, so, my question is as Tottenham's effort last night gazumped what Liverpool did on Tuesday night? It was uh, quite an amazing night, two nights of football, really. And I uh, don't think anybody ever saw Liverpool beating Barcelona 4-0. But I think when you turn the TV on and listen to the atmosphere there, it was absolutely incredible. And I know Barcelona are seasoned players, but I think that was a very, very intimidating atmosphere there. Um, but for Tottenham last night, similar, the Ajax fans were making as much noise as they possibly could and fairness to Tottenham they just kept on going kept on going and when they hit the crossbar at the end of the game you thought that was it but old cliche in football it's not over until the ref blows that final whistle and in fairness they kept on going and what a magnificent way for them to get to the final um, as old fashioned football won this week Tony as as over the tactics and playing it across the back four and back again and wait for the gap both Liverpool and Tottenham resorted back to 
the good old English game. I find Barcelona's tic-a-tac stuff boring. You know, passing to the full-back and then back to the centre-back. And, you know, it's just... I just, I just find it a very boring approach. I, I think Liverpool were absolutely fantastic on Tuesday night. And then, for 45 minutes, Tottenham eclipsed them. It was just an incredible week of football. I think uh, one of the most... One of the things that really irritates me, and I, every football supporter will say it, is when you're winning, or your team's winning, and the players take it in the corner start messing around in the corner. It really winds me up, even when my own team does it. And Ajax were doing it last night, and I think they became victims of their own time-wasting. Um, so hats off to Tottenham for keep on going. Did you notice right at the end, end of the match, the um, Ajax goalkeeper went out to get the ball for a goal kick, missed the ball, his full-back then kicked it towards the touchline which Tottenham player had to do back then the goalkeeper wanted to change the balls before he took the goal kick and the referee was pointing at his watch while all this all this was going off he took the goal kick Tottenham hoofed it back and scored the winner thank you Ajax for messing about because that got the extra mm-hmm. that got the extra minute but the point I was trying to make is the result wasn't tactical it was pure heart there was no formation it was just giving it everything we had got to try and get into the Champions League final sometimes football can be thrown back at that the basics the heart the emotion the desire running your opponent into the ground will always outdo tactics did those two teams this week win by playing the English game I think I think Tottenham did in the second half because the thing that makes the Tottenham come back even better than Liverpool's, which was gobsmacking, was that Liverpool played for 90 minutes and Tottenham were rubbish in the first half and didn't look interested. And when Ajax scored two goals and went 3-0 up on, on aggregate, there was, there was just no hope whatsoever. And by going to the old English tactics of banging it up to the big lad up front and seeing what happened, putting it in the mixer and seeing what dropped out, it was absolutely fantastic. And, and that's why the Tottenham comeback was far better, because they weren't in it at half-time. And it was just 45 minutes of just mayhem. And to see Pochettino in tears at the end was absolutely marvellous. Because Liverpool have spent £200 million on getting their team together, Tottenham have built a stadium, spent nothing on, on the team, and yet... They've got through to the, the 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 best competition in the world today, to the final. Absolutely magic. And the Champions League final are, are, are go- is going to be between two teams that's never won the Premier Division title. Yeah. Forest, of course, won it won the league championship twice. But there you go. I'm not going on about but, Forest. But, no, 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 no. Not, not, the, not the Premiership, Michael. Not, 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 not the Premiership. Right. Okay. Speaking rubbish again. I thought right. you worn yourself out last night. Right. You both got that wrong because the Premiership is the rugby one. The Premier is the is the football one. So talking rubbish again. I thought you'd worn that one out last night. Get your facts right, Mister Professional Journalist. Right. Moving on. Neil oh, Warnock. I wish. Oh, sorry. Go on. Neil Warnock. You both had dealings with. Mr. Warnock, mm. at some time during the, your your lives, um, he wants to keep managing next season. He's seventy years old now, um, and he's been doing it for forty years. I think if Neil Warnock had kept uh, Cardiff had stopped in in the Premier League, he should be manager of the season for what he's for what he's done this season because everything that could have been thrown at him seems to have been thrown at him. Love him or hate him, John. Um. I think, has he reached his sell-by date without being disrespectful? He's been an extremely good manager. Um, I, I, I don't like managers who come out and blame every referee that's made a bad decision because it all evens out in, in time. Uh, Neil Warnock is a fantastic manager and has been a fantastic manager. But was Cardiff City one, one hurdle too much? And, you know, I think sometimes people carry on and carry on Personally, I think it's time for Neil Warnock to say I'll be a football commentator because he's very, very good. But 70-year-old, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not 70 yet, quite. Um, <laughs> being a manager of, of young lads, because that's what they are, aren't they? They're all young lads, really. Uh, does he want that hassle? He says he does, but I don't know. I just think um, Neil Warnock's got to the stage now where football's a faster game now. The players are fitter, as we've seen in the last two nights. The players have to keep running and running and running. There's none of this when, you know, you just limp off and that's it. 
because if you got a crunching tackle, tackle from like Billy Bremner or somebody like that, you never came back on the pitch, <laughs> did you? So, whereas now you're not allowed really to touch players. Uh, yeah. I just think, you know, Neil Warnock's tactics are the slightly dated now. So. Talking of dated, it's getting to be a long time since Manchester United lost Wonder League and their magnificent point <laughs> to Huddersfield on... At, 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 at the weekend uh, really shows us they're going in the right direction. <laughs> the biggest mistake award of the season has got to be the Manchester United board awarding Ole Gunnar Solskjaer the job instead of waiting until summer. No, you see, you've fallen into this trap which is very, very much something relevant to the modern day of not giving anybody any time whatsoever to do anything. And they would have given him six months. You're judging it on one result, or two or three at the most. They've won one in the last ten. Judge Oli Gunnar Solskjaer in two years' time, and he will be on a par with Alex Ferguson no, in terms won't. of his no, contribution manager of somebody United. in Norway again. No? He's it, not good enough. He's he proved he's not good enough. In the modern, and he's dragging Manchester United down. In the modern world, it's uh, it's the style to jump in on one result and make a decision. It's not one result. Otherwise, Brian Clough wouldn't have lasted until he was thrown out for being a drunk. It's not one result. Can I just uh, say something there, Michael? Um, <laughs> as much as it pains me, uh, Mansfield Town had a very similar thing last season. They had uh, their new manager, David, whatever his name is, uh, from Swindon, and the Mansfield Town fans hated him. Didn't really like what he was doing. The things coming up on Facebook was how bad he was doing. They wanted him out. This such such like this season in the playoffs. Same manager. He's had that bit of time to change things. So I do agree, with Tony. I do think managers should be given the time. Managers should have been given the backing. And the manager that they had last year finished second in the league and won and won a European trophy. But that that wasn't good enough this year. They're going to finish sixth in the league and win nothing, which apparently is going to be good enough. <laughs> there you go. That's um, that's my answer to that one. Very very quickly before we move on, did you realise that uh, both Tottenham and Liverpool are getting sixteen thousand tickets each for? Um, the final in Madrid, which is uh, equates to approximately 24% of the stadium. Tickets are available at £154, £385 and £513. UEFA have already sold 4,000 tickets to fans worldwide. The rest of them will go to the organising committee, UEFA and national associations, commercial partners, broadcasters and corporate hospitality. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. These days, the Champions League is far more important than international fixtures. And yet you've got corporate hospitality claiming it for their own. The prawn sandwich brigade, as Roy Keane calls them. It's absolutely scandalous. Which is why you got the atmosphere in the Ajax Stadium and Anfield, and you yeah, don't get it at Old Trafford. Exactly, exactly. Well, it's, 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 it's not, not, not. You get a great atmosphere at Old Trafford. You are just tremendously biased against a lovely club, and I support Leeds, so come on. But I mean, it's just you know, if you're gonna, hey, you are Leeds fans. There's a Leeds if, Leeds United supporter here having a love fest with Manchester United. If, if, His name's Tony if, Smith. He's in the studio I'm, tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm it's, it's, it's just a reasoned argument that seems to be only on one side of the desk this week. <laughs> I, do, but, I do agree that unfortunately Manchester United's atmosphere is rubbish. There you go. That's two one. So we've won that one. <laughs> right. Moving on. Um, we have a bus driver in the studio tonight. And did you read the story about the Norwich City um, yes. Open Bus Tour round, round, round the, the city? They they vinyled this open top coach yellow and put "We Are the Champions" and everything, and it broke down. <laughs> 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 wasn't your bus company, was it? No, 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 no. no it wasn't. Uh, no. <laughs> Ours never break down. <laughs> No, no, unless they get flooded. Yeah. <laughs> but how embarrassing must that be? Well, it was quite funny because there was photographs of the players actually pushing the bus. It was quite, quite funny. Norwich. Pushing a 16-tonne bus really is not going to work. Really. Norwich City, literally, parking the bus. And it's time for Sports Thoughts. When I moved down to Newark 35 years ago, I realised that I couldn't go on supporting Leeds United from afar. And it was only right to throw in my lot with the Nottinghamshire club. Mansfield Town were out of the question because of the rubbish transport links. 
and so my choice was between Nottingham Forest and Notts County. Obviously, I chose Forest because of their previous successes in Europe that everybody had told me about. A lot. I got a press pass for the city ground and enjoyed a couple of pints in the Jubilee Club before settling down in the press box. It was great when Stuart Pearce led the team out and punched the air to salute the Trent end and I enjoyed the repartee that he and the Forest faithful clearly enjoyed. Then, after about 20 minutes, the crowd grew restless and the cries around the ground magnified. You rubbish, Forest! Granted, great history, but in the present day, I agreed wholeheartedly. The next week I went to Meadow Lane and picked up my press pass before proceeding to the barred gate where you gain entry to the ground. If you've not been before, you don't notice the bar that goes across just above floor level. Like many others before me and since, I tripped over it, much to the glee of the gate man, who said to his colleague, We've got another one, Charlie! and promptly added a tick to his chalkboard on the side of a hut. I laughed and walked on to the press box entrance. Along the way I passed Jeff Pike, Dean Yates and Gary Bertels, who were heading for the players' door. Enjoy the game, mate. Have a good day, they chorused, like old mates of mine, even though I'd never seen them before or met them. I met them regularly after that, along with many Notts County players over the course of 15 years of reporting on the club for the Newark Advertiser. It was like a non-league club that just happened to play in the Football League, a fantastic homely club where everyone was just delightfully friendly and made you feel as though you belonged to part of an extended family. And now they are a non-league club, and they will always have a place in my heart. Notts County have dropped out of the football, um, the English Football League for the first time in their history after a final day loss at Swindon Town. The world's oldest professional league team and one of the Football League's founder members, Notts are arguably the biggest club ever to have suffered relegation to the non-league. Nine months ago, County were favourites for promotion. Lincoln have won that division and Mansfield are in the playoffs. While the Magpies are looking forward to going to the likes of Dover and Barrow next season. Could it possibly get worse? For a football fan. Good evening, John Marshall. Good evening, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> um, could it get worse? In, in a real world, yes, it could. Um, basically, the club is currently up for sale and hopefully we'll have some new owners in the next couple of weeks. There's all sorts of rumours going around, but I think a bit of a positive move today was they've changed the price of the season tickets, which obviously means that somebody's in the background because you can't really sell season tickets if your club's going to go bust. So uh, hopefully that means we're going in the right direction. Um, the price of them is still too much for non-league football, but that's another story. Um, could it get worse? In a real world, I personally think, there's lots of people saying, oh, we're straight back next season. Not after this season, we won't be, I don't think. I think we've got another year, possibly two years, of stripping the club down. Um, if you go back roughly nine years when we won the league um, Bournemouth was second Bournemouth now Premier League and Notts have basically parachuted all the way back down to the non-league that's really got to be something to do with the management at the top and we've seen changes of ownership almost got into administration um, we've seen Managers like Jamie Fullerton come along, uh, with no disrespect to Jamie because I didn't know him personally, but the mayor's will have rung you, Michael, and asked you to be manager because he had no experience of the league. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. I, I won the Nilka Lights Division <laughs> 1 with the Nilka Shield Council and we was runners-up in the Cup. A very nearly a memorable double. Probably similar to what Jamie Fullerton's qualifications <laughs> <Yeah>. were. <laughs> um, so that just stunned all the fans. You know, at the end of the day, I don't know if Tony was part of that, but I saw scenes at Meadow Lane which I thought I'd never ever see, where the crowds were going around the back of the main stand to sort of have a face-off with um, the chairman, Ray True, uh, abusive to his children. I've never seen that at Knott's. Like you say, it's always been a family club. Hmm. So I think we've been sort of in a flat spin for a little while. Uh, Alan Hardy's come along. And whatever you think of Alan Hardy, um, 
he did save the club and put the club back on the map. Unfortunately, I think his destiny was try to be famous um, because he was very into Twitter. Um, he was always putting things on Twitter. And I personally believe if you're chairman of a football club, you let the football club do the announcements, not announce it all yourself and say how wonderful I am, which I don't really think is right. Um, used to have a half-time kickabout with the young lads from local football teams. And Alan Hardy was always there, getting the ball out, ready for him. And I just think this just smacks a little bit of, um, you know... I'm, me, me, me. I'm important, yeah. so... At the end of the day, he's done what he's done. Um, his business has gone bust. Um, probably because he took his eye off the ball. Uh, excuse the pun. Um, knots have gone spiralling down. And I think he's probably tried to do what a lot of chairmen have done and says... Right, I'm going to buy this player, I'm going to buy that player. And we this year we've had a squad of 40 players, I believe. We've played something like 35 players in that first team. Now, I'm a bit old-fashioned, because I think if you've got a starting 11, that's your starting 11. And those players are the ones you sort of stick with. Um, yes, you're going to, in the modern game, you've got to rotate them a little bit, but I just think... We just kept changing players. The defence didn't really know what they were doing. I remember sitting there on the first day when we drew nil-nil at home to Colchester and I sat there with uh, Julie, my football wife, and basically just said, what the hell's going on here? And that was the first day. So um, so in October time, I was saying, we're not going to recover from this. And then we changed the manager. The fans didn't take to him, uh, to Harry Kill. And it just never seemed to get going. Um, Neil Ardley's come in and he started to change a few things and he brought in some very, very good players um, and we were eight points adrift and we came to within one point last before last weekend. I hope they don't change him. I hope they keep the manager because we really need some consistency but I do believe that we've been in a flat spin for some time and I think this is probably the only way the clubs are going to get sorted. Um, reality non-league like you say Barrow Dover I've looked at some of the grounds the last few days and I just look at them and I think <laughs> I've only got one stand the rest are all grass verges <laughs> and I just think that's going to smack people in the face and all these non-league clubs and I'll say that loosely um, Medal Lane's going to be their Wembley mm. every game's going to, uh, Medal Lane is going to be their cup final so we're not going to have it easy we're going to be on everybody's radar. We're going to be the team they want to beat. I mean, I just looked at four. Chesterfield, Torquay, Stockport and Hartlepool. Four old clubs that's been there and and yeah, pretty much you, are in the same boat. If, um, if you look at Torquay, yeah. they went down another league. Yeah, They've just come back up. They've had to sort of strip it right back down and get going again. So I think as many people will say, oh, not to be straight back, I can't see it. Relegation to the top tier of non-league football will obviously mean less exposure but with a parachute payment of around half a million pound and that is actually equal to the centrally distributed money for the rest of the league two clubs yeah. are going to get between them yeah. um that is the res the reward for uh, for failure football never nev nev always amazes me um so the exit is going to be cushioned the funding is going to be halved in the second year so you're going to get a quarter of a million pound yeah. at the end of next next season but where's that half a million pound going to go? I don't know. I mean, it's quite funny because you see some of the players that's been released by other clubs and like the Knotts fans are sort of saying, well, we could do with him, we could do with that person, this, that and the other. Are they going to go down to non-league? You know, at the end of the day, you've got two teams in the playoffs, as in Salford and AFC Flyde. Is it filed, yeah. Filed. And uh, how have they got there? By people pumping money in. And that's the only reason they're there. Um, that was like more than half a million as well. Yeah. Well, when Salford can sign Aberdeen centre forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, quite frankly. <laughs> and, and I think, was it Matt Green as yeah. well? Yeah. What, what <laughs> chance did he... Oh, yeah. But Sol Salford are pretty much a... Even in the world of money, yeah. they are a one-off, yeah. aren't they? Um, with that backing that, that <laughs> they've got. And, you know, I was so pleased Leighton Orient won. Um, County apparently have the biggest stadium of a relegated club um, 
um, I'm reliably informed it's 19,841 is, is the capacity. And before Tony tells me that Darlington's brand new stadium was 25,000, it was only allowed to bring 10,000 people in there. And as you've just actually pointed out, coming to that stadium, he, he, even for Salford, is going to be... Mm the biggest away day of the season yeah that's it I, I got horrendously lost coming back through the middle of nothing Tony you get horrendously lost <laughs> going through Newark I, I, I went to see Collingham in the Floodlit Cup final at Ilkeston uh, uh, using my mate Ben's sat nav and uh, on the way back unfortunately it packed up so I had to get from Ilkeston to Newark uh, in the pitch black by guesswork and a few Hail Marys and eventually I, f- I saw a sign which said Trent Bridge, and um, I got onto the road which passes Meadow Lane, Lane and leads down to Lady Bay Bridge, so then I knew where I was, but I just drove very, very slowly, because it was about midnight, very, very slowly, I'm not doing a David Pleat here, there's, there's no curve crawling involved, but it was basically very, very slowly past Meadow Lane and thought to myself, good God, what a non-league ground, that is, it, it's, and again, we were play, me, me and Ben were playing golf on Monday, and I said, Every team that comes to Meadow Lane next season is going to raise their game tenfold because they're thinking, wow, what a place to play your football. Mm. And that's going to make it so tough for Notts County. And if you look at like the Chesterfields, who've got a brand new ground, it's still only, I think, 12,000, something like that. It's yeah. not, not a massive ground. But looking at County's attendances this year, and I, I know he's been doing kids for a pound and families to go and all that but you've been getting 10,000 plus 15,000 17 average has been about seven and a half and you'd have taken four or five years ago you'd have taken that with open four arms or five years ago we was averaging three and a half yeah so uh, so it, it, it's it, it's difficult for a non-county fan to understand <sighs> What's gone wrong? The attendance has gone up, which means you've got more money coming in. Yes, we know it's difficult for every club. Look at Bolton in the headlines. Yeah. Um, it's got to be down to mismanagement at the very top. It can't be anything else. I don't believe it is anything else because the fans, Saturday, we took 2,500 to Swindon. Uh, a, a team at the bottom of the fourth division playing away at Swindon, last uh. game of the season, uh. 2,500 fans. <laughs> Is absolutely incredible. <laughs> and for 16 minutes, it was heaven because obviously Macclesfield were losing and Knotts were winning. <laughs> then it died because obviously Macclesfield scored, then they Swindon scored. For 10 minutes, it was like a graveyard. And then for the last 25 minutes, the Knotts fans never stopped singing. Yeah, yeah. And I just think people say, What do you like about football? It was an absolute, it was like a promotion. You could not get your head round it because we were playing rubbish. You know, the ball was getting lost. The Swindon was on. I mean, obviously, Knox were trying to get the ball up front with three at the back. But you could not fault the supporters. And I don't think we're going to get through this programme, John, really, without without explaining to our listeners, who must be fascinated, explain your football wife. Right. <laughs> 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 Well, many, many years ago... Um, you got a bus driving <laughs> wife as well, that's another story. <laughs> many, many years ago, when I was a wee lad of around about ten, um, my then brother-in-law took me to this ground at Forest called City Ground or something. Yay! Uh, I've he, heard of it. And he, and he, he took me in the Trent end. Uh, they played Wol- Wolverhampton Wanderers, the 1-3-1, and basically... I hated every moment of it. Derek Dugan was scoring. That was about the highlight of the day. I remember Derek Dugan. <laughs> really didn't like it. And at the time, I was a Manchester City fan. Where did I go wrong? Um, <laughs> basically, my uncle Pete, bless him, he said, oh, I'll take you to a football round. I'll take you to Notts County. And very like yourself, Tony, I walked into that ground as a 10-year-old lad. Absolutely loved it. People were friendly with me. My cousin Julie, um, which was Uncle Pete's daughter, uh, basically we went together and we've basically been going to football ever since. Um, so she's now my football wife. So you've not helped yourself here by, by telling the whole world that your football wife is actually your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Notts County is very close place. <laughs> now you see why I went to Forest. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I'm not from Mansfield, so it's all right. <laughs> So it doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. <laughs> you went quiet for a minute there while it's not. No, I, I did have to think about that. 
<laughs> oh, oh dear. I, I mean, are you going next season? Is it the end oh, of... No. How many county fans will drop off? Um, it's very difficult. Obviously, I think there'll be a dip in the, in the attendance. Um, but the people I know who are Knots fans are Knots fans. Um, they won't disappear and think... Oh, there's a crappy team across the river when nip across there. Um, <laughs> but isn't isn't this this is the old ethos of the old thing? A football supporter supports his club. Yeah. A football player, it's a job. Yeah. And he'll be there for as long as he's being paid, and then he'll go on somewhere else. Football manager, it's a job. And unfortunately, these days, for some football chairman, it's a play thing. Yeah. I, I think, and you know, I may be wrong, um, but I think Alan Hardy, as a, as the chairman and owner, is a Knotts fan by by uh, his own admission. Um, I think his hope was, if he spent enough money on it, then it would get Knotts into the championship because he said it was going to be there in five years. As a football fan, you can always see different big holes in certain things, but that was his aim. Then he would think he was going to sell it and hopefully make a profit on it, which doesn't happen very often. Mm. Um, I think he got caught by his own arrogance, really. So uh, I think anybody who goes into football intending to make a profit is going into the wrong game. Yeah. You see, I, I, I always take these conversations back to Mike Ashley at Newcastle because they can moan and groan as much as they like. He took over a dilapidated stadium with a club that was... OK, they still won nothing, going nowhere... He's turned into the best stadium in this country by far. He's got a lot of things wrong, but he's running it as a business, not as a plaything. If he run it as a plaything, it'd probably bankrupt him and Newcastle. Yeah. So you know, I don't. I, I don't know who the heck would want to own a football club that. It's just not going to make a profit. You see, uh, and I know this is probably me putting myself on a pedestal to get shot down, but we've had this conversation a bit earlier in the evening before we went on air. Notts County have got history because at the end of the day, if it wasn't for teams like Notts County, there wouldn't be the football leagues around the world. And why somebody with lots of money hasn't actually come along and thought, I'm going to take that oldest club in the world forward? Because... The Aramoviches and people like that, <laughs> why wouldn't they do that? Not that I'm saying that's the way it should be. I'm just saying that that's, that's football these days, isn't it? People mm. who just want to, perhaps they're not ready, you know, perhaps the long, longer term project of a lower team club is not what they want anymore. You mean, what sort of, why, did, why did somebody go and buy Wolverhampton Wanderers and what is turned them from? But they were championship, into... they weren't they? Yeah. So it wasn't such a big step to go from the fourth division. So. I don't know. I don't know, but you're still going to be there next season. What, whatever, uh, you're going to be there next season. To be honest, I resigned myself early last year that we would go down. Um, and some people say I was quite negative. Well, unfortunately, I was proved right. Um, you have to look at the positives. And I'm going to go to places which I've never even dreamt I'd ever, even go unless <laughs> it was an FA Cup game. So, um, you know, the likes of Dover. Booth uh, Cruise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, the, perhaps the, the coach I took on Saturday was just a 52-seater, 54-seater. We might have an 8-seater this time for the next one, but, <laughs> you know. I think at the end of the day, like you say, football fans are football, or football supporters are football supporters. They support their team through the good and the bad. You know, knots have had, I think, the record amount of relegation, which I think is 17, something like that, and 14 promotions over the years. I've been witness to quite a few of them, so <laughs> that shows how old I am. Um, you, you you get good days and you get bad days. Beating Mansfield this year was our best day, <laughs> which says a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> but you're still there, and that's and, and that's what it's all about, right? Every Thursday night we do something that we call Test Tony. Oh, yeah. I I give some <laughs> names out, and Tony tells me a little bit about the person that I've I'm naming. So, beans as John's here tonight, we'll actually take it in turns. So uh, John can test his sporting knowledge as well. And Tony, you can help John out. John can help, more to the point, can help Tony out. He, <laughs> he, does, he does tend to struggle on this a little bit. So let's play Test Tony. It's the only music we've got, John. 
do it after that. Okay, <laughs> born on the 5th of May, 1904. <laughs> Gordon Richards. Gordon Richards, uh, jockey and trainer. How many winners? A lot. Close. Come on. <laughs> How close are you going to get? I would say probably 586. 4,870. <laughs> and he's the professional. So got, you've got I, nothing I, to I beat, got the John, eight. Because it's now your turn. On the 8th of May, born in 1930, or at least we think that's the day he was born because there's no birth certificate for him, Sonny Liston. Oh, he was a boxer, wasn't he? Was he a boxer? Yeah, a boxer, yeah. He was a boxer. Yeah. Anything about him? He was quite good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the boys are on phone tonight. Yeah. You've got an easy one. On the 8th of May, 1935, Jack Charlton. Jack Charlton. Yeah, he's uh, a Geordie legend, but um, obviously... Um, a, a, a very, very major part of my youth growing up. I, I, I used to go to bed when I was 11 in Jack Charlton pyjamas and uh, fan, fantastic bloke. Did you get arrested for that? <laughs> <laughs> Not in Mansfield. You're probably. going to bed in Jack Charlton pyjamas. He's married his cousin. What a night! The 10th of May. Um, born on the 10th of May in 1966, John. Jonathan Edwards. Oh, uh, he was some bloke that could hop, skip and jump, I think. Very good, I'll, I'll give you that one. He right. won some Olympic medals as well. Two hard ones. Died on the 5th of May, 1996, Beryl Burton. Was she a lady cricketer? No. Uh, Wrong. Lady cyclist. Oh, yes. Yes, you've got it. Yeah. Um, you're never going to get this one between you, but it, 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 it just amuses me. Um, died on the 6th of May, 1996, age 87. That's the important bit, 87. A gentleman by the name of Geoffrey Hodges. And Geoffrey Hodges was a noun bomb disposal expert, yet he managed to live till 87. I mean, that's brilliant. <laughs> it proves he was good at his it job. It must have been good. He was good at his job, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, I just got, that just really amused me. Both of you join in. Some of the events, the 6th of May, 1954, Roger Bannister. Oh, yeah, the uh, first, first four-minute mile, wasn't it? Sub, 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 sub four-minute mile, yeah. The 8th of May, 2013. Which knight of the realm announced his retirement from what used to be a huge football club? Tommy Lawton. <laughs> Alex Ferguson. <laughs> Alex Ferguson, indeed. <laughs> and on the 9th of May, 1941, what happened at Bletchley Park? Oh... I, I, I don't know. Mr Marshall? Your son would get this one. It's got nothing to do with buses. It's got nothing to do with buses or sport. <laughs> oh. Bletchley Park broke the German Enigma code ah, after the, after the weather yes. ship Munich was yeah. captured. Yeah. Just thought I'd throw that one no, in because I wanted to prove I know more about it than you do. We don't think it was a sports question. No, 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 we don't do... He answers most of them, so I have to go off sport. This entire show's an enigma. Right, coming up, we want to find out who Notts County's greatest players have been in John's eyes, and we want to remember his greatest match, and we're going to have a quick look at what's coming up this weekend. How long have you been watching Notts County then, John? Uh, well, I'm just saying, if I went when I was 10, it'll be 50 years next year. You put in 15 years, um, so between you, um, this is going to be interesting. I asked John earlier in the week to um, give it some thought to the greatest player he's ever seen, Grace Meadow Lane, and I also want him to talk about some of the matches that sticks in the memory bank. Okay, so we'll involve you as well because you, you've seen a lot of football there. Um, I guessed who his greatest player would be and got it badly wrong. He, he gave me a book to read once, Tony, and it was Les Brad's book. And yes, if very, you, very good as well. I, I, I would recommend that book to anybody yes. because if anybody thinks that football, Proper football. Is, is football is a glorious life, mm. it may well be at the, in the Premier Division, mm. Mm. but it's a job in footballer in, in the 70s, mm. it was far from a glorious life. Mm. It really was. And I, I would recommend that book to anybody. And I thought John was going to go with Les Brad. He's actually gone with somebody that 
I don't think Les Brad particularly liked. No. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you, over, over many years, I've seen many players, um, many players that sort of have made an impact on me. More recently, um, love him or hate him, there was Lee Hughes, absolutely fantastic footballer, brilliant with the fans. Obviously, he's got a bit of a history that people didn't like. But as a player for Notts County, we're fantastic. But I go back to when I first went to see Notts, um, and there was a gentleman who was our captain called Don Masson. Um, <laughs> and to me, he was one of the hardest working footballers I've ever seen. He never stopped running. He kept on going at 90 mile an hour all through the game. A brilliant captain, led by example, and... As a, as a 10, 12, 14, because he was there for so many years, he just led by example. And I just think in the modern day, your captains, because very easily these days, your captain's arm band is just given to a player. Don Masson was a leader of men and an excellent player. I go back to the Les Brad book, though, but he, he wasn't liked, was he? No, but if you're good he'd at what bom- you... He'd been bombed out of Middlesbrough? Yeah, yeah. If you've, I don't know if you ever met, ever met him, but um, he was a typical Scottish man. Um, typically, what you'd imagine a Scottish man to be—quite arrogant, quite cocky, so to speak—but it showed on the pitch. And at the end of the day, you judge somebody by what you see in the ninety minutes in a game. And week in, week out, he was, to me, the best player I ever see uh, wearing a knot shirt. Only day, two days, I've cried over football. Don Masson got transferred to QPR um, and subsequently got picked for Scotland. And I was really nasty because I think in 1978 he missed a penalty in Argentina. Uh, we went <laughs> Scotland, went out of the <laughs> World Cup. And it was probably one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I actually met Don Masson many years ago and I actually apologised to him because I felt guilty about it. And uh, it was quite funny, really, because he came back to Notts and he did exactly what he did when he left the first time. He just ran his heart out for the club. Um, so it was that point in time when I realised that footballers aren't just players that turn up for our team. They are players that, like you said earlier, that it's a job. Um but I do think, like, with players like Don Masson and David Needham and Brian Stubbs and the old-timers that are there, end of the day, they, they, they do a job, and if they do it well, they become legends. And that's an easily used word, but... Let me just tell you a little story about Jimmy Cyril. <laughs> Jimmy Cyril, obviously, as many people know, was probably the greatest Notts County manager we've, we've ever had. And we went to the Player of the Year dance... And me and a few of our friends going up to Jimmy Cyril. He couldn't understand. Football stand. wife or your, or no, your, this or your is, this wife? Is, no friends. Friends, dad, right? Okay. And I was about sixteen. All oh, right. Uh, we went up to Jimmy Cyril, <laughs> and we actually got on our hands and knees and bowed in front of him, right? And he gave us such a telling off, and he made us stand up, and he got on his hands and knees and bowed in front of us because he said if it wasn't for supporters like us, he wouldn't have a job. And I just never forget that because can you imagine the likes of <laughs> the managers today yeah, ever exactly. doing that? I was, I was, ju- I was just going to say that. <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say they wouldn't even lower themselves to come and talk to you. No, exactly. The first press conference I ever went to at Meadowlane, um, Jimmy Cyril was the manager in his very, very latter days, and we waited ages. Jimmy always liked to jump in and have a bath with the players after the game. <laughs> we waited ages and ages. I know one from Mansfield. <laughs> <laughs> we waited ages and ages and ages in the proper press. times are available, yeah. in, but probably not like Mansfield. <laughs> <laughs> waited ages and ages in the press room, and then Jimmy walked in, sat down at the desk, and said, "The ball is round, the grass is green. Good night, gentlemen," and walked out again. <laughs> And all the other lads from the Evening Post and all the rest of it, in Mansfield Chad, I went, ah, Jimmy, what a character. And left. I had to think of a quick word there for left. <laughs> and I left. And I was sat there as a sort of young reporter in, in terms of young in, in, in meddling experience thinking, what the hell? What, what's this about? But legends, um, 
I always used to phone my dad on a Saturday night. My dad is a dour, dour Yorkshireman. Or was, bless him. And uh, it never impressed about anything. Never impressed about anything. Never said, well done, whatever. He said, what have you been doing today? I said, oh, I've been to uh, Forest. I was reporting at the city ground. And um, afterwards, I had a pint in the Jubilee Club with uh, Tommy Lawton, who was a reporter for the Evening Post by that stage. And the phone went dead. He went, you've had a drink with who? I said, this old bloke called Tommy Lawton, why? And he said, my God. And it's, it's, a, it's a one and only time in 87 years I've ever heard my dad impressed about anything. So Tommy Lawton's legend went, you, went long beyond the likes of Ironmonger Road. You didn't give him a lot to be impressed about, bless him. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're moving on quickly. Um, this is the one that's got me intrigued, because I, I thought I knew the answer. Um, in 50 years, the greatest match? As an entertainment spectacle? You, your um, answer. Obviously, there's a lot of games that have gone through... Uh, 2-1 Charlie Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> You're sacked. That's got you sorted. One of the best games was le- beating Leeds United one of the day. And I'm sure you can remember that, Tony. <laughs> one of the greatest, ev- gr- greatest oh. ever moments was Charlie Palmer scoring in the 88th minute to beat Forest 2-1. You can go as well. <laughs> but the best game I've, I've ever seen involving knots um, that I remember we actually lost... Um, and it was actually a League Cup game against Forest at Forest about seven years ago, eight years ago. Um, it was three all. Um, and excuse me, Michael, but I hate going to Forest. I hate walking in the ground. <laughs> it makes me feel physically sick. Um, so I went into the ground with my football wife and the other family members, and uh, it was quite bizarre because. We're all expecting to get an absolute drubbing. Absolute drubbing. But it was a brilliant atmosphere from both clubs, even though Forrest said it didn't matter. Um, <laughs> it, never, it never used to matter about the County Cup when both of them could be bothered to play in it. Yeah. It never used to matter about that to the clubs or the players. But by God, it mattered to the supporters. Yeah. And, you know, Knotts went 1-0 up, which was great. Um, and it's modern day, your phone's going like, man, are you, are you winning, are you winning. Forrest came back and he went to 2-1. And you're just thinking, this is it, right, it's on the wall. Knotts came back and it went to 3-2. And then some bloke called Wes Morgan scored an equaliser in the last minutes of the, of the game. It went to penalties. And Knotts had the edge on the penalties and Lee Hughes stepped up to take it. You'd have put your house on it. Put your house on him scoring. And he kicked it over the top of the Trent End, I think. It was that far over. Um, but what a brilliant atmosphere. Fantastic game. And when the fans all left, the sight I always remember is black and white and red and white walking together. Yeah. And I just thought, as much as I don't like Forrest, the Forrest fans actually applauded knots off the pitch. And I just think, in modern football, that takes a lot of doing to actually applaud your opposition. And I just think, to this day, that was probably one of the most spectacular sights I've ever seen. It sounds a bit dramatic, but to see it was great. It made me actually almost like Forrest for a minute, and uh, and that that took some doing. Um, And, you know, I just thought it was great. It was really, really, you know... At the end of the day, you can never beat the games when you've won some... beat somebody like Leeds or... (laughs) Yes. Or Forest, or you know, or the first game of the, of the when we were in the first division, we went to Aston Villa and won there. You can't beat games like that. The moments that stick in your, in your memory, but as a spectacle, that's the one game that sticks in my mind. There you go, John. Thank you for coming in tonight. Thank you okay. for talking about Notts County. I'm hoping you're going to come in on on a few firsties throughout the summer. Okay. Um, while we um, discuss the world, um, <laughs> because I can can't control him on his own <laughs> um, last week we said goodbye to the football season and the rugby season and we said goodbye on such a high with both Flosev and the rugby club bringing, bringing massive trophies mm. back to the town and that was a wonderful way to do I'll tell you a little bit more next week that Collingham under 18s have done it they've won five trophies this season <laughs> five 
Um, and you're the professional journalist, and you tell me what, what that is. I know it's a quad for four. What is it for five? Quintuple. It's a quintuple. So they've won that. That's wonderful. And um, Amy Hunt has ran 11.38 for the 100 metres last night. A new Dear PB. God. That girl that is, good. Is, is going places. This Ooh. weekend, what have we got to look forward to? It starts tomorrow night with Collingham and Bolton playing a friendly 2020, <laughs> um, raising funds for Atsu, um, the... Sir Lankin, who got involved in, who had an argument with the train. Is that at Boulder and North Collingham? It's Collingham. at Collingham. At uh, Dalefield tomorrow night. Please, sunshine tomorrow. Um, they're going to try and get started as soon after six o'clock as they possibly can. Saturday, Newark r and are at home to Bottisford in the cricket, weather permitting. West Bridgeford seconds are at home to Farndon. Collingham seconds at home to Flintham. And Watton play Gaunton. Sunday, it's the Bosworth Half Marathon and the Austin Spring Dash for our our runners. Um, in tennis, the Newark Mixed Team, the Lawn Tennis Mixed Team, play Magdala. They win that one. They are the champions. Sunday afternoon at Kellam Road, the NLD ladies play Hertfordshire at um, 3 o'clock. Saturday and Sunday, the young Newark AC athletes will be at... I, I can't really understand this one. At Derby for the Knotts Championships <laughs> and at Hull for the Lincolnshire Championships. <laughs> you work that one out. You're a lot better person than I ever will be. Um, and s- Monday night, between 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock, don't forget it's the New York Striders Run and Revise. If you're between the ages of 16 and 25 and just want to talk to somebody, just want to chat... Go onto the Striders Facebook page, go onto the Striders website, get in touch with them and just have a run, a walk, whatever, for an hour on Monday night with somebody you've probably never met in your life but are quite happy to listen to what story you've got to tell them. Six and seven o'clock Monday night. It's a fantastic thing the Striders are doing. They're calling it Run and Revise. Yeah, I mean, it's... um it's very much a modern thing that people are willing to talk about mental health issues, but if anybody uh, is out there struggling, I can recommend that uh, just talking to people makes the world of difference. You might not, but you might be a bit shy, but just crack along there and just have a word because you might leave it feeling a heck of a lot better with yourself. It's a summer weekend wrap starting on Monday when we're going to be basically talking to our, our cricketers. So I do hope it's sunshine, or it's going to be a long night. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are going to be interesting because we have the chairman of New York Rugby Club on Tuesday, New York Town Football Club on Wednesday, and New York Flosser Football Club on Thursday. All coming into the studio to all answer the questions that Mr. Wardman and Craig and Damo didn't want to answer all through the year. I want to know what's happening next season with three of Newark's top clubs who have all got challenges and are all going places. Notts County have got a challenge for next season. Can they get promotion? Superfan thinks probably not. Not in the first season. We will see. Whatever. I don't care what division you're in. If you're near the top of the table, football becomes fun again and you'll enjoy it. And I'm just going to leave you with two facts that we've learnt this week, sitting here chatting away to you. Tony Smith still goes to bed in Jack Charlton <laughs> pyjamas. And John Marshall <laughs> has married his cousin. And on that bombshell, good night. <laughs>